the killer bees. What about the murderous J's? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three J's. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. Efforting for Michael Bourne. He's elusive. He's tough to, uh, you know, get out. You know, he's tough to get on the phone. Quick. Very, very fast. Very, very elusive. 2912. I think uh, Miller and Murphy are in a similar situation to Slowick with the offensive line. I always like cross sport comparisons. They're tough, but I like them. He said, only can do so much with injury issues. Hell, you can say they did an amazing job with France. I think it's that is fair. true. It's I think that's true. Decent cross sport comparison. Now, now right? I, I think a lot of other coaches did along the way with it, you know AAA and other things with JP France because it's the year he had in Sugarland that made everybody take notice. So there should be some credit for the pitching coach in Sugarland too. All right, we caught Michael Bourne. We we're able to be one of the few that were able to catch him. Michael Bourne joining us on the HRNP guest line. Michael, thanks so much for uh, taking a few minutes uh, hanging out with the Killer Bees. Astros come from behind, get a victory today when they desperately needed it. Easily to say, easy to say it's the biggest win of the year, right? With just nine to play? Yes, man. I mean, you know, the, the situation that they're in is just a little bit different than they're used to. And, yes, it's the easiest. Uh, easier to say it's the biggest win of the year. I didn't get to catch it because I had a meeting earlier, but a couple of my friends texted me, and they were still saying the same thing that y'all said. It was like, man, what a big win. And, uh... They lost. They lost a tough game to Baltimore. Their first game, uh, and the second game, of course, Baltimore. They, 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 you know, just came out of handle business. But today is a game that mattered. And every time, I can't say this. Every time the Astros really need a win, they get it. So, with that being said, Michael, and we know it's coming down to the nitty gritty, down to the final stretch here. Uh, and they're trying to get right. I mean, they've had some tough losses. We know that the critics are coming out of the woodwork, and everybody's pointing fingers, and everybody's concerned. Uh, are you concerned about this team and how they finish these these final uh, ten games or less uh, in the middle of this playoff race? Well, everybody's concerned because they're they're the former champions, you know. So if if it was anybody else, you know, nobody's talking about our Texas because Texas has had multiple chances to take lead of the division because. But every time of the Astros lose, Texas loses. So uh, you only get the finger pointed at you because you won it all last year. But am I concerned? I am a little concerned because. You know, you want you control your own destiny, and you don't want the destiny to go into somebody else's hands. So, to me, I'm concerned because I feel like it's games that they should be able to win, and it's no it's no easy win in the big leagues. Let me get that straight forward, right off the top. They play Kansas City coming up. There's no lead, no easy win in the big leagues. So, these three games to me, I would like to see them go out there and play Astros baseball. When they play Astros baseball, they're hard to beat. Uh, it's just the inconsistency sometimes that they see. And they'll tell you themselves. You know, sometimes they have this inconsistency keep coming up keep coming up over time at the time. So, like, I just feel like they could have beat Kansas City. I feel like they could have swept Kansas City. But Kansas City plays some good baseball. But I just I just feel like against Kansas City, just don't let Bobby Witt beat you. I said it on the air when I was doing the game. He's the one that, to me, that makes the offense go. When you keep him off the bases, Kansas City doesn't get rolled. It's Michael. Um, Michael Board, former Astro, two-time All-Star, former Houston Cougar. Congratulations on being inducted to the Hall of Honor. Uh, Michael Board, whenever you look at a guy like Yiner Diaz, and I know there's controversy in his playing time, should he get more plate appearances behind the plate, they love Maldi, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe he can get more plate appearances now with Michael Brantley seemingly re-aggravating the shoulder. But what do you make of the the season that Yiner Diaz has had and what he brings to this Astros lineup? Look, I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you from from the beginning of the season to the end. When I first seen Yana, 
I thought, you know, he chased outside the zone a little bit too much, you know. But I also thought that was just a part of, part of the growth process. I knew he would get better, but I didn't know how much better he would get. Where he's come to today, where he's playing at today, and I love Maldi. I love Maldi, but this is a, a decision that you have to make as a manager that's tough. Like, it has nothing to do with who you want to, who you love, who you want to be with. I just think Yana has come into himself, you know, and he's the future of what the Astros are looking forward to. He has 22 home runs, and I mean, like, maybe right at 300 at bats or something like that. That's from a catcher. You know, like, that's not even from somebody that plays short, third, first. He might play first here and there, but this is somebody that DHs, but this is a catcher position. To me, like, you know, I mean, it's a tough decision, but I think I would have to go with Yana Diaz. I think I would. I would I would try to make the move, and I stand on that. I love Maldi. It's nothing against Maldi, but he's towards the end of his career. And not to say that Maldi can't be on the roster. You still use Maldi, but I will make Yana my starter now. Michael, you've been a veteran in plenty of locker rooms, and i got a two-parter for you to try and kind of understand what goes on behind closed doors. One, you see that a lot of people are calling for, and Dusty's take, having to answer a lot of questions for, not putting what everybody thinks is the best lineup out there and the best players every single day down the stretch. Dusty's saying you need pit stops. You, you don't understand it, but guys are he rested Jordan today. Uh, and I'm wondering, veterans sitting in the locker room, do you scratch your temple or how do veterans react behind the scenes when you know you need every game and every game's hyper important and so, some games you're looking at the lineup card going, why aren't these guys playing? Well, one thing you got to understand is Dusty knows what he's doing, first of all. But Dusty, I will stand by what Dusty said. He knows what he's doing. Second of all, we're not in the locker room. We don't know what's bugging uh, Alvarez. We don't know if his wrist is hurting. We don't know if his hamstring is tweaking a little bit. One thing you don't want to do is you don't want to lose it for the rest of the season and, for, and the playoffs. You wouldn't want to do that. Now, if you take him out and you go out there and you pull a hamstring, you're pretty much done for the first two rounds. That's a, that's a six-week injury in most cases if you pull it for real. So you got to think about that as well. Instead of maybe sending them out one game or two games, okay, they have enough firepower. This team has enough firepower that if uh, if, if uh, Alvarez is sitting out, they still have Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, Bradley if he's healthy, Yana Diaz. I mean, they still have enough power, power, Dubon, to where they should be able to beat. And they did it today. They did it today. So you have to understand they have enough power, firepower to still win the game. They don't have to have everybody in the lineup if you can get somebody some rest here and there. You know, Alvarez has been susceptible to some injuries, so you have to keep that in mind. It's not like he plays 150 games every year. So, you got to, you know, he started off with the season on the IL. So, and he's, had, he's hit the IL before that with an oblique. I mean, doing but, the season. But take your, so, Michael, take Jordan out of it, though. That The lineup uh, against, I think it was Oakland, but he put, single, okay. he put Singleton and Jake in at the bottom of the lineup when there were Singleton a lot, and who? Singleton and Jake Myers. When you okay. had Chaz and you had you know had options all over the place, even Yiner at first base, but you had guys that had been red hot when you need every game. And the bottom of that lineup that day, a lot of people, including myself, were going. You got both of those guys in there, and, and at the bottom of the lineup, it just didn't look good. It doesn't, but I can't tell you exactly what was the matchup. You know, today's game is different, like. Actually, the Astros is one of the only teams to me that they run out mostly. Most of the time, they run out the same people if everybody's healthy. Most teams don't even do that. So I don't know what the matchup was and what they seen in the matchup. Because sometimes it's a matchup that, hey, this dude hits this dude very well. we got to put him in the lineup. So sometimes that happens. And I can't say, I can't speak on that. 
but still all in all. Those two players, yeah, you can see them at the bottom of the lineup, but you got seven other players in the lineup that are, you always got four or five all-stars in the lineup every night. So there's still no reason for them to lose two out of three to Oakland to me, if you ask me. Maybe Oakland just played good that night. But I really think, you got to think, like, the Astros run, they've never been in this position before, really. They've clinched 10, 15 games before the season is over. This is the first time where the division has been this close and this close this late. That's that's the thing to me. So you're in a different type of territory. You know, you still got uh, – I mean, you just, it, I just feel like we got enough firepower that if he gives a day off to somebody, I just feel like you still should be able to win the game. That's just me personally. Maybe it's because uh, he got a no decision today. Maybe it's because it was a rally late. You get the walk-off victory. I think we're burying the lead with Christian Javier. I know this, you said you didn't catch all the game, born, but uh, Javier had a five-inning performance, gave up one run on three uh, three hits, matched a season high with 11 strikeouts. We've been clamoring for Christian Javier to get back to being this Christian Javier and not saying he's there yet, but this is a really promising sign and start for Christian Javier this afternoon. So the last game I covered, Christian, one thing that I noticed that he was doing a little bit better, and I, I love it, and I hope he does this moving forward, is you to just change up a little bit more. One thing the league does to you is they get used to you if they see you over and over. you got to think of hitters being people over everything somebody potentially does. Yes, he's known as a top-of-the-zone high fastball pitcher. So if you just keep doing it over and over, this league will make adjustments on you. I promise you. So one thing I noticed about him, he was using the changeup a little bit more, which I think is the best pitch to offset the fastball. That's just me personally. I've always said it as a hitter. You can ask any great hitter that they that that their face, they'll ask you, what's the worst pitch you hate to see? They'll tell you a changeup because it looks just like a fastball. And with that, that makes his fastball look even liver. I like his slider, but I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I don't think his slider is top-notch. I think his changeup offsets his fastball better. And when he uses his changeup, he gets better results to me. That's great stuff. Uh, Michael Bourne yeah. with us uh, on ESPN 97.5.92.5 FM. Michael, I got to ask you about the fact that Ryan Presley had a hiccup. And the fact is, is that people then immediately think you got to go to Abreu as your closer. And, and I was I was saying I thought you, you still keep Presley because you, could, you, you run the risk of losing him going into the playoffs. What's your thoughts on the bullpen, the way? Because Abreu's been lights out. There's no question about that. But Presley's been your closer all year, and at this point in the season, do you consider a change there? Oh, uh, look, this, this, this is my thing. I don't, I don't change Presley because at this late in the season, changing that role like that is totally different. Like Presley's used to know he's used to having hiccups. He's used to, you know, maybe not getting the job done. But he always gets to come back and get the job done. Uh, Abreu's never been in that role like that consistently. Like, so you're telling me with a week left going into the playoffs. You tell Presley, hey, you're going to be the eighth inning guy or the seventh inning guy. I pray you, you're not my closer. How do you think that makes him go? How do you think that makes his nerves go right off when you tell him? Knowing that he's been in the same role this whole year, this is where he's comfortable at. When the playoffs come, it's too late to make that move to me. That's hard to do. Now, Dustin might decide to do that. But to me, that's a hard move to make because you're talking about in the playoffs, you're talking about – uh, the Virgin Series, potentially World Series. You telling me he's not, he's going to be comfortable doing it? and He's never done it before. Uh, I don't know about that, man. That's that just that's just a little different. You you we just looking at oh well, okay. He he had a hiccup. He did. Man, that's going to happen. I've seen Kimball have hiccups. I've seen Gunye have hiccups. So every close is going to have a hiccup sometimes. So you got to live with it. 
Michael, we always enjoy the conversation. Thanks for taking a, a few minutes hanging out with us. I'm sure we'll talk soon, maybe in the postseason. Hey, we'll tell you, tell you the truth. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate y'all every time y'all call. Me. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Michael Bourne uh, joining us on the HRNP guest line. Only uh, Houston Cougar baseball player has been a two-time All-Star. Is that right? Yeah. Inducted to the Hall of Honor the other that day. That will change, though, Great because you guys, are, Bourne. you guys are pumping out more major league players. It's now. hard to be an All-Star. It's hard That's to true. be an All-Star. That's true. And we've had a lot of really good players uh, play Houston Cougar baseball. Michael Bourne's the only two-time Major League Baseball All-Star. Uh, let's talk about Christian Javier. Like, I feel like we didn't talk about that in the immediate aftermath of the game because walk-off, you rally, you win, biggest win of the year, obviously. But is this the get-right start for Christian Javier? How much faith do you now have in Christian Javier that he's looked as good as he's looked since the summer, it's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something that always looks good is a goal from Pro Dunk. And now's the time that you need a goal from Pro Dunk. Why? Well, basketball season's about to start. We're less than 30 days, I think it is, for a little preseason basketball. We're less than 50 days away from the college basketball regular season starting. High school, middle school stuff, that's going to start up pretty soon. Probably tryouts right around the corner if they haven't already been done. AAU goes on year-round. You probably have a kid that's playing AAU ball or high school or middle school, and they want a goal. Well, if you're getting a goal, you need one from Pro Dunk. It's going to last longer. It's going to bring up the property value in your house. It's not like those cheap goals that you see flat on their face, broken glass, rims all jacked up because the goals from Pro Dunk have the highest quality you'll find. Tempered glass backboard gives you the true, authentic feel that you see in the pro gyms, the college gyms. A breakaway rim. If you're throwing down some jams, breakaway rim's going to keep you safe when you're doing that. And it's also height adjustable. Yeah, you heard me say throw down some jams. Well, how are you doing that? What's well, height adjustable? Anywhere from five feet to 10 feet. Accessories that are our next level as well. LED light kits for night play. Look, it's still hot a little bit during the day. Maybe you want to wait till it cools down a little bit in the evening or you're working, kids are at school, you can only play at night. Well, these LED light kits will take care of that. Backstop nets too, so you don't have to run around and chase the basketball. You can order everything, including professional installation online. You're not good with a ladder, you're not good with a level, you're not good with the drill. Well, don't worry about it. The pros at ProDunk will professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't lift a finger, let the pros at ProDunk do all of the work for you. Give them a call at 281-351-9822 and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Ocho says that uh, Michael Bourne agrees with him that Javier's secondary pitchers are subpar, and the only reason the O's struggled to touch him is because they were too aggressive and didn't show plate discipline. Of course, Ocho. You make Javier work, he eventually unravels. Uh, Javier's command was good today, though. Like he was getting ahead of hitters more than he has been lately, and that's usually Javier's struggle. Is he's pitching in three-one counts, he's walking a couple dudes, then three-one count home run. Like even that first inning where he gave up the run. He gave up an 0-2 double down the right field line, and then the next guy had a seeing eye single through the through the hole to the left side into left, and that was the only run that they scored. Mm-hmm. Struck out 11. This is incredibly promising for Christian Javier, and because no one else in the back half of the rotation has you know grasped up, the yeah. brass ring, has stepped up, has taken control of their you know hopefully playoff rotation aspirations. Hunter Brown hadn't done it. Uh, J.P. France has been struggling as of late, like. After this, Christian Javier, this performance, like it's, it, you're not all the way back on Javier, obviously, because you got to see it a few times. 
And Christian Javier bumps up to the third starting pitcher in your starting pitcher playoff power rankings easily, yeah, in no my doubt opinion. About no doubt about it. The only thing that could be you could even nitpick on because the strikeouts were way up, the command looked better, the pitch count was up. So, you know, that's just who Christian Javier is. But Christian Javier got the swing and miss back. Christian Javier was in complete command of his pitches today. It looked like uh, it was a great start. And so you look at this, and we kept saying, look, of the three guys that we're going to be watching closely to see who's going to step up and what they're going to do down the stretch to try and earn a spot to be a starter in the playoffs, I think right now he's the leader in the clubhouse for the three spot. We knew Dusty was going to put him there anyway, for the most part, probably. Yeah. But now he's earned it with it's, a start like this. It's really easy for Dusty now. Now, you have to get into the playoffs, knock on wood. Yes. Uh, you might be in the wild card series, which is only a best of three. You know, maybe you can sneak out a division victory, division title, uh, which of course gets you to the ALDS. Nine to play for the Astros. Rangers with a half. Uh, Rangers a half game back. Mariners also that game go final yet? They're a big uh, late in that game. It looks like the Mariners are going to sweep the A's, so they'll also be a half game back. Now the Rangers and the Mariners are about to play each other seven times out of the next ten, which that's good. But you Let's also got to take care of weekend? business. Yeah, that's the next series. They yeah. they both have a day off tomorrow. Uh, everybody in the American League West race has a day off tomorrow. And then weekend series, Astros home for the Royals, and then the Rangers and the Mariners kick started. Well, They're Astros 7 of 10. Mariners series, too. It's huge. Yeah, three games. The Astros did set up their uh, their pitching rotation. They, they announced it for the upcoming series against Kansas City, and they staggered it a little bit with Verlander. That way they, they can get Verlander and Fromber in the Seattle series. Uh, the rotation for the Astros against the Royals, which starts on Friday. Fromber's going game one. J.P. France is going de- game two. And then Hunter Brown's going game three, which means that Verlander and Valdez will both get starts in the Seattle series. So it looks like they're being a little bit mindful of, let's try to stack the deck against Seattle, knowing that they're trying to chase you in the American League. In yeah, the West. it's big. It's going to be another World Series for the Mariners fans coming up a little later in the season, and it's not as devastating as it would have been if it was in the playoffs and they got what they got last year, but it's a monster series, and I hope they got a cushion going into it because I hope they take care of their business this weekend because they need to. The two numbers that I always look like look at at Javier and like, okay, he's pitching well again, is always the walks, mm-hmm. hits, like his whip basically. He gave up two walks, three hits, and five innings. I'll take a whip of one with Christian Javier, and then his swing and miss. Like Whenever he has a bunch of strikeouts, I think his stuff is good. When his walks aren't egregious, that means he has pretty good command. And when he's not giving up hits, it means the other team's struggling to see his stuff. So Javier's stuff was as good as it's been in a really long time today. This is a good offense that pounded you in the first two games yep. of the series, and Javier was the only guy, only starting pitcher, that was able to quiet them down so uh, this is very encouraging for christian javier especially nope. like you're, you're desperate for starting pitching you after are. fromber and jv too like if javier can be a shell of what he was last year in the playoffs and today he looked more than a shell of himself last year in the uh, or at least this year then that's a huge huge bonus and now you got to figure out who the other starter would be if you need them because you, you're right if, if you're in a wild card series you probably you you're not going to need them but if you get onto the D, uh, the the league the divisional series you're going to need a four starter, mm-hmm. and you got to figure out: is it going to be France? Is it going to be uh, Brown? It didn't look like it should be Urquidy last night because Urquidy came in, and I know it was a tougher situation because you're already down. But he gave up a couple of bombs, and that's not what you want to see either. Yeah, OG says, uh, "Ha ha ha ha!" Javier's been booty all season. One good start and all forgiven. Nah. Not forgiven Javier. The thing is, no one else has been good in the back right. of the rotation. Like, you go on what you saw from Javier. Like, do you want Javier from today? Hunter Brown from yesterday. J.P. France has been struggling. Like, you don't have 
Randy Johnson is your number three starter. Like the, the dudes that are in the conversation here have all been struggling and have been struggling poorly. I saw some people clamoring for Jose Arquiti to get his name back in the mix, oh. and Jose Arquiti got it lit up yesterday, and yeah. all of a sudden his name's right back out of the mix. So because no one has, has stepped up, yeah, you're going to, I mean, it's, I think it's fair to say over eight one start. But you have to because you have nothing else. Yeah, when you listen with your ears, a lot of times you hear all the total information, and that was, we said, of the three guys, two of them have to step up, show us something. We're not erasing what's happened earlier in the season, but that doesn't matter right now. What matters now is who's pitching, who got right and is pitching well right now when you need them most so you can make a definitive decision. We knew Dusty was going to go Javier for the three spot, whether he did show improvement or not, but he did. And, And because of what he did, and I go back to even the Yankee start. The Yankee start was uh, uh, until he blew up late. He looked like the kind of guy that was getting back to where he was in the playoffs a year ago. And so this start is extremely encouraging. And you got that one figured out. And you can pencil him into the three. Now, who is going to fight their way through to be show, show enough signs of life to be your four? Is it going to be Brown? Is it going to be France? Is it going to be your Keedy? And down the stretch, that's what you got to watch, too. Yeah, Presley, uh, it seems like I fixed Ryan Presley, too. He had a three-up, three-down inning. He looks like he's back to being Ryan Presley. Uh, they say he's not tipping anymore. So, like Dusty Baker said to everybody, you'll, you'll thank me. You'll thank me. I, I fixed you Ryan Presley. You did that Presley. or someone, you, you found the video of someone that said he I spread tipping. the word. I, got oh, it to, I put it okay. in front of everybody. Without me, no one ever hears about it. You're Paul Revere. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The tipping is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Hard. I've I've have I have fixed Ryan Presley. And there you have seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Uh text me in how much all your thanks to me. Because I fixed Ryan Presley. The closer for the Astros is back. The stopper for the Astros so is back. The messenger. And I am the one who did it all. So thank me. Said like Dusty Baker said, Don't thank shoot me. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Not the person that figured it out. Well, I mean, you can thank him too. Okay, but I, I I'm think the one who's. I think that's where word. it should start. Of course, you would say that. You don't like it whenever I get good things. Well, that's kind of the way that we work both ways. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six one two four four. He says, "Fun fact about Javier: He has a sub three ERA this season against all teams that are currently on track to be playoff teams. When the hype and stakes are higher, Javier shows up. Good indication he'll show up for the playoffs. I did not realize that. I haven't I had time so. to double check that. I'll take you for your word. That that's like great, a great news. Stat. He is look. He can be clutch." at times like I've wanted him to be clutch in the last few starts hasn't done that but we know Javier is clutch he's got that slow heartbeat he doesn't seem to really get irked or or even with you know situational he doesn't get rattled it's just that he's got to have a firm grasp and command on his pitches he threw the most underrated World Series start in Major League Baseball history the combined no hitter and doesn't get like the love for that that he deserves uh, has been nails in the postseason before, and today with the Astros on the brink of falling out of the playoffs entirely, Christian Javier is vintage Christian Javier. He's got the clutch gene. What's his what What's his average velo now? Hey, for about fastball, three, I think. Yeah, because he was early on. He was ninety one, and then it got back up to ninety three. A couple innings in. Yeah, so I, I was just kind of keeping an eye on that. I'm as more well. worried about the command than the velo with him. Yeah, and the movement. You're striking out 11 through 5. Your velo is fine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the fact that you got the swing and miss and you got the, the, a double-digit strikeout game and the upper zone fastball was not being hit. Those mm-hmm. are encouraging signs. A few thank yous are, are uh, starting to come in. 713-780-3776. Thank me for fixing Ryan Presley. He says, thank you, sir. Uh, Honey Glaze Branham says, stop ducking me, Branham. I smell a Sam Houston win this weekend. Go Cats. Honey Glaze, uh, Honey Glaze Branham has been texting in the entire week trying to to bait me into some Sam Houston Houston talk. Look, Sam Houston's defense legit. They've given up 
27 points in two games to BYU, to Air Force, like some pretty good competition. So uh, Houston's not taking Sam Houston lightly, and that's a game that Sam Houston has circled. And I hope that you're going. Get your tickets at uhcougars.com, 713-GO-COOGS. If you, uh, if you buy tickets and you let me know that you're there, I'll wave to you. I will wave to you if you get my information. Is Robbie ready? 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Sneak Robbie in here. Robbie, you're in the hive. What's up? Hey, I'm doing good. How y'all doing? This is the hive, and I love it. Robbie, are you ready to thank me for fixing Ryan Presley? Uh, we're, we're, no, not, not Presley today. Javier. Okay. Javier, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that he... The reason he's so bad early in the year is because he played in the WBC along with a lot of other people, and there's been a lot of fatigue throughout the year from some of the better quality players. We lost you there, Robbie, but you're talking about Javier, Clutch, all of that stuff. Appreciate the call. Sorry, your connection was a cricket. Um, but it means kind of the same stuff we were talking about. Javier has shown you that he has the pedigree to come up at big moments, and today he came up at a big well, moment. Sure. You'd like to see it. To feel confident about Javier, you'd like to see it a couple more times before the playoffs. And if you're an Astros fan, that's kind of some of the good news you need. After all the things that everybody is hyper-analyzing right now and how we're all getting a little bit more panicked, even Michael Bourne said it, you're getting a little worried, concerned. To see a Javier start like that makes you feel like if you do get in, you got at least one question answered, and you got a guy that you hopefully can count on. And that's the thing. Maybe you just said the word there. Maybe just the hope. Maybe the hope just makes you right. feel a little bit better. Remember right how I said that they're just micromanaging the and hyperanalyzing every win, every loss. Like, do you are you more concerned about losing two series in a row? Or are you yeah. more concerned about how they finished the series and look like they were an offensive powerhouse? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Not today, by the way, an offensive powerhouse. Player of the game, me because I fixed Ryan Presley seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Text all your flowers to again me uh, at Jeremy Branham on uh, on Twitter for fixing Ryan Presley. Uh, who has a better chance of being the Texans' top receiver? We we're going to talk about this a little bit earlier. But uh, we didn't get to it because the Astros won a baseball game. Who has a better chance of being the Texans' top receiver? Is it Nico Collins? Is it Tank Dell? Is it this week? Is it the future? Who has the ch- who has the better chance to be the Texans' top dog in that wide receiver room? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something that's uh, another reason that you'll be thanking me is if you're a business owner and you're switching to HRP. Uh, I got to tell you about uh, HRP, Human Resources and Payroll, because. They're so good at what they do. It's Cougar owned by Mike Hawley, so you know I love Mike. He used to protect the Heisman Trophy winner. Now he wants to protect you and your business. Uh, Members of the Cougar 100 means his business is great. They've been there for nearly a decade now. You've seen the HRP signage of the U of H games. But business owners, let HRP help you. They can help in HR compliance, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. HRP can help in any or all of those areas because there's no boxes with HRP. It doesn't matter how small the job, how big the job. HRP completely customizes a plan for what you or your business needs. You have a problem, you have an issue, you want to take a little off your plate. HRP will find a way to help. They do it in a way that's unique. Technology meets service. They have the best tech. You'll love that, but you'll also love their service. Guarantee fulfillment you won't be talking to a stranger on a call board you'll be talking to someone who knows you and they know your business needs look 
A lot of you, business is the forefront. I get that. That's the priority. But your employees will love this, too. We just started the open enrollment period here at Gal. It's so easy to understand. I'm so happy we have HRMP here at Gal Media. Anytime I have a question, very easy to understand response and answer that is simple and quick. Give them a call right now, 281-880-6525. Let HRMP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525, or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. You know what song this is, right? I think it's my boy, song. Boy, oh boy, boy, yes I do. Because, look, people people on the text line are thanking me, as you should. I fixed Ryan Presley. 0202, UG. thank you on his behalf. Like he's, He doesn't want to give thanks, but he knows that thanks have to be given. Uh, so I, I, I accept your thanks. I, I really do. Fishing with Dana. Thanks again, Jay Bone. You're welcome. You're welcome. I've given you pleasure back to your ninth inning for the Houston Astros. King of Twitches says Jay Bone takes credit for the great meal his wife had prepared. Yeah, my wife couldn't prepare a great meal if she wasn't my wife. Yeah, absolutely. I should take credit for that. And you know what else I'm going to take credit for? Giving you some Houston Cougar tickets on Saturday. It's family weekend, so gather your family and friends and come out to the U of H versus Sam Houston football game. Family four-pack special, four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas for just $60. Individual tickets start at just 20 Get your tickets right now. UHCougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COUGS. Don't miss all the fun and pageantry of of college football. Come early, enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, including that huge LED TV screen, the Bud Light Backyard, and more. Spirit of Houston performing at the half. Entertainment by the cheerleaders, Cougar Doll, Shasta, and Sasha. Come early, be loud, and wear red. Let's go with a trivia question today. You call in, you're going to win a pair of tickets if you're the first person to answer this question. Who did Case Keenum be out in a quarterback competition to win the quarterback job? And then, of course, the rest is history. Became statistically the greatest college quarterback of all time. Who did Case Keenum beat out to win the quarterback position? To statistically, and then you know the rest is history. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. First person to get that trivia question right, get a pair of tickets to Houston. Sam Houston. First time those two have met since two thousand and five. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Tank Dell. Nico Collins, maybe it's Sean Metching. Who has, and you can look at this short term, you can look at this long term. Who has a better chance of being the Texans' top receiver currently on this roster? So, one caveat I'll give you. I honestly think it's Tank Dell. I think Tank Dell because he's dynamic, because he's quick, because you can you can move him around the field, and we've seen how many dynamic receivers like that in this league. And just look at Zay Flowers, who I think. Tank can be a lot like Zay Flowers. Look at the cheetah in Tyreek Hill and look at how a little guy that might not be big in build and stature can do a ton of good things for for any football team. I think Tank Dell is the guy. Look, I like Nico Collins as a two. I like Nico Collins and what he finally showed in the in the especially last week, but in the, the start of the season. Nico Collins looks like a viable guy that isn't going to slide down your depth chart as the season goes by. He looks like a guy that can actually play snaps for you, and be a really good number two. I was thinking the other day after the game, if you got a true wide receiver one instead of Robert Woods, and Robert Woods wasn't bad, but for the future, as you look at the big picture, if you get yourself a wide receiver one and you got Tank Dell and you've got Nico Collins, 
I think you've got a pretty damn good wide receiver room as it sits right now. I think the wide receiver room is much better than we gave it credit. Mm-hmm. I think most people gave it credit. Yep. Like Robert Woods, is he washed? Uh, Tank Dell, we believed, had really good potential, but how long is it going to take before he reaps the fruit of that potential? You know, thought it was going to be a while, and a lot of times teams won't play rookies very quickly. Right. Um, and then Nico. Nico was somebody that Nick Casario really liked, liked enough that he traded up, drafted him, and, and has well, he's had some injury bugs. He had Davis Mills throwing him the football, Tyrod Taylor. Um, so we haven't really seen him a whole lot or even play that good of football. I've been blown away with Nico Collins the first two games yeah. of this season. Like Tank Dell, I always envisioned that he had that in him. Like I didn't think we'd see it as quickly as week two, but I always envisioned that Tank Dell was going to be that type of player. Robert Woods, like, okay, I didn't think he had enough left in the tank, but we knew that Robert Woods was capable of doing this. He'd done it in his past, just hasn't done it in a while, and is a little bit older, so you don't know if he, how much he still has left. Nico Collins, to me, has been the biggest surprise in the wide receiver room for me. And maybe that's lack of foresight on my part. Uh, maybe it's lack of foresight not realizing his potential. But he's long, he has good hands, and he's a way better runner after the catch than I ever, ever gave him credit for. I, I think, too, the other thing was he. we always knew he because of his big body, and we've seen him high-point footballs in the past. So we knew he could go get uh, you know a ball in traffic that way. But some of the catches in traffic showed me the hands that I didn't I didn't think that he had. I mean, when we were talking about receiver room before the start of the season, we had them ranked as maybe the, the worst receiver room in all of the NFL. Them and the Panthers. Yeah, and you look at it now and you say, the Panthers and, and, and Young would love to have guys like Tank Dell and Nico Collins and even Robert Woods because I was hopeful Robert Woods had something left, but I was scared that he didn't have anything left and that he was going to be your wide receiver one to start the season. And then how quickly would they be willing to admit the mistake and move on? Now it looks like Stroud has some has some guys that are viable weapons he can throw to. If 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 Dalton Schultz could catch the football a little bit more and you have more opportunities with him, the receiver room starts looking better and better right now early in the season. Yeah, Schultz has been a bit of a disappointment, honestly. Uh, I don't know if it's chemistry between the two. I, I don't know if maybe Stroud hasn't necessarily evolved that part of his game quite yet. But Stroud has way more chemistry with his wide receivers than he does Dalton Schultz. Maybe it's the scheme. Like this is we've seen two games of Bobby Slowick. Maybe it's just going to be an offense that doesn't prioritize tight ends that much. Now we've seen he had passes George his Kittle way. when he was when they had him but, in Frisco. I mean Bobby Slowick's not not Kyle Shanahan. Like no, people but he knows leave it's like the same look structured at, offense. But look at McDaniel in in Miami. Like they got rid of Jacecki. Like yeah. they don't really feature tight ends. So like yeah, you, you're going to have elements of what your bosses do. But do you leave a job and then you act completely the exact same? as your bosses before you like you always have wrinkles and sure. things that you're going to do differently now they have thrown the ball to Dalton Schultz like he's dropped one been one pass is a little errant one got tipped on a very good athletic play but maybe this is an offense that just features receivers more than tight ends who knows uh we've only seen two games of Bobby Slowick like- and it doesn't seem like Schultz has nearly the amount of chemistry no. as Nico Tank and even Robert Woods it does seem though that that Slowick wants a blocking tight end a lot of times he a plays bigger body that, a lot. Yeah, and 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 you know that Dalton Schultz was not brought here or it's not in his in his game to be a blocking tight end. And some of it might be by necessity, too. Like, this is not a very good offensive line right now, but you need to have, like, max protect a little bit more. And when you have max protect a little bit more, your tight end stays home, not running routes. If he's not running routes, he's got less opportunity at targets. So it might be out of necessity. Like, there's a lot of different variables that could be in play here. I think that the answer to my question, like OG says the tank needs to add 40 pounds before I can fully trust him. 40 is too much. Like, he can't put 40 pounds on that frame. Uh, But 15, 20. I think that's fair to ask for for tank. 
This is tough for me because I really have been blown away by Nico Collins, and I generally have a huge Houston Cougar bias, as all of you know. I love the compliment that they are to each other. I really do because I think they're two diverse skills of what they do as receivers. Like Tank is ultra quick, ultra speedy, tough. Like you get him in open space, he's hard to bring down because he's so elusive. And then Nico Collins is like the big physical presence where, like, even if he's defended, he can go up and get the football in traffic, better running after the catch than I give him credit for. I'm going to go Tank is like the volume guy, like more catches, more yards. Nico is the better red zone threat. But excited about both of their futures, and I agree with you. Like If you can find a receiver who's a number one receiver, however you get them, I don't really care. If it's free agency, it's free agency. If it's with the Cleveland Browns pick, it's the Cleveland Browns pick. But another like true stud receiver with Nico and Tank Dell is pretty frightening. It's pretty oh, because terrifying. now those guys get more opportunities to get better matchups Bullish. and get open a lot more. So I think that... You know, whether Joe's right and he gets his guy in free agency uh, or a trade this year, but more likely a free agency at the end of the year, uh, or they draft one, you add a wide receiver one to those two dudes, mm-hmm. and whatever you get from Mechie is is icing. I mean, that that's a hell of a good start right he, there. He's a nice complimentary piece, too, like especially if he can get to his potential. And he actually played a good game on Sunday. Like He didn't get targeted much, right. but there was a couple of times where he created separation. He was open. Stroud didn't deliver him the football. I was like, okay, like that's the John Mechie that I expected to see when he was drafted. We know that the circumstances, situations of why he's not. But I love the pairing of those two. If it's a T. Higgins with Nico and Tank, look out. That's a really good receiver room. If they draft the Amike Agbule guy from Ohio State, look out. That's a really good receiver room. Or the worthy kid from Texas looks really, really good. I like him a lot. Is he's there, good. Is there a path to this wide receiver room being good enough to where you feel like the Texans don't need to address the position? I think you need depth no. to it. I think, you, a, gotta, I think the, you have to address how it. How about with a first round pick or a T. Higgins level player? No, I don't think that I don't think we get to that oh, point. Without one of those guys? Yeah, like can you can can this room be good enough to not take a wide receiver in the first round or not sign a Mike Evans or T. Higgins on the offense? If Stroud's good enough. Like if Stroud is the dude where you're like, this guy's going to look Stroud has made Nico Collins better than we've ever seen before. That's facts. Tank Dell, we, we, we thought he was going to be good. We never He's never worked with another professional quarterback, so we don't know. Robert Woods in Tennessee last year was awful. It's why we thought he was washed. Robert Woods looks way better than he's looked in the last few years because C.J. Stroud has enhanced him. So if we get to the end of the year where we're looking at C.J. Stroud as a quarterback who's going to bring up the production of his other wide receivers, I think you can get away with it. But because he's in his rookie contract, because I want to help him, especially early in his career, like I, I want to spend a little bit of money at their position. I agree. That way no, I can I agree. that way I can make Stroud's life easier. I don't want to put all the demands of a sophomore quarterback to lift all my offense. That's more year four, year five stuff. Yeah, I definitely think adding a wide receiver. It's cool, we're talking about that though. Yeah, it makes the most sense. But like, that's where for me, like where I've been so impressed with CJ in the first games. I've been using Nico Collins as like the main example. It, it's he's never. We thought he was one of the worst trades Nick Casario's made, like trading up for Nico Collins, and now he yep. looks more than he looks confident. legit. He, he does. Looks he legit. looks like he can play in the league, which is what you were hoping for from the minute that he got on the field and started to progress. And we just didn't see any progressions. And maybe Jeremy's right. Maybe the fact that that you know it was the guy throwing him the football, could be. and maybe you finally got a guy that could put touch on the ball and put it where it needs to go. To where we can truly see what Nico Collins can be. 2724, thank you, boss. Could you fix your kitty next? I'll work on it. 713-780-ESPN. 2-0 team right now that's in the NFL that we picked to miss the playoffs 
an 0-2 team to make the playoffs. Also, the Willow Bits. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at my bookie again. Look, the reason why I speak for my bookie is because I know that you can trust them. I know that they've been in business for over a decade. I know that they take care of their customers by using that promo code BET975. And I also know they do it in a variety of other ways where you can possibly cash in. I mean, I told you about the early cash outs where you can, you know, set a game, set a, set a parlay of games and you win the first two legs. You can cash out or you can let it roll. But they also do tons of other things like the money bag. It's like a slot machine of sports odds. And that means it spits out epic odds on props, parlays and futures. I mean, you can get in on that, get some unbelievable odds and cash in right there at mybookie.ag. Tons of sports contests as well. Tune into NFL action all week long, where you can also get in on single week and season long super contests. Are you a survivor? Get in the survivor pool. Prove it in one of the survivor contests. They've got tons of contests that also make it more interesting when you're on mybookie.ag. And of course, it's the casino. You know that when there aren't games being played, but you still would love to make a wager or get in on some action, you can do it with live dealers and casino bets at mybookie.ag. And the way you really cash in, you get those bonuses. You get them by using that promo code BET975. A new subscriber never been on mybookie.ag before. When you put your first deposit in, if you put the promo code in of BET975, if you put at least 50 bucks in, you can get up to 200 bucks in your account and get all that extra cash so you can bet on more games and have more chances to win. If you've already been on mybookie.ag, you already have an account and you want to reload it, you get a reload bonus as well by doing the same thing. Just do what you're going to do, put at least 50 bucks in, but when you do that, use the promo code before you actually cash in and then you're going to get more in your account and more games to play with. It's like I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it. It's mybookie.ag and always use that promo code, bet975. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Uh, no Javier music? No Christian Javier music? You don't think he deserved it today? After matching an 11 strikeout we, season high performance after allowing after fact, one though. run? Well, and I'll do it after the fact. Danny, I know, but I just feel need to hear it. I, I just hear feel like swab now, now, we've never discussed this with we the time slot move of like how we handle that. I know. Um, we used to pretend like baseball yeah, we, didn't I, happen until 305. We know how we handled it when it was a game on when we were on the air. I don't, I don't know we what were, the right I mean, decision is here. Today we were very open that the game was happening. Well, because the game actually mattered. And the people were, they weren't, you know, they weren't leaving by the... By droves. Well, we, you know? were, we were doing the wave on Twitch. Oh, the hate mail joke yeah. we used to get when we, were we would give the. We uh, on the Twitch. <laughs> yeah. When we would promote the later game time on a game that was going on, the hate mail we used yeah. to get, text and everything else. Hey, you I, dumbass. It was hilarious. I they would send us screenshots of, of the, 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 like, the box score. Yeah, that you was, like, dumbass. This is going on now. <laughs> I miss it, actually. Like, the troll that I am, I miss that. I mean, a they'll lot. be back because there'll be games at 305 next year. Right. But we've the way we've been, the precedence with the new time slides, we kind of talk about it. Like, yeah. It's kind of like an underlying current of what's happening in the day. I don't know. Um, but I guess Javi, like we never talked about Javier's last start and if he deserved to keep Suavemente, but then he dominated today before we ever discussed his change of song. So I feel like he's we know where still... I feel like he... I'm not trying to talk it's myself into it. You want, I feel you like, want to keep your jam. I feel like he still is a Suavemente kind of guy. I think it's TBD, Joe. It's well, to see, be discussed. I think it's still up in the air, but I think his yes. next start, he definitely keeps it. But like I think he does. But like, like well, you don't want to jinx it. Yeah, like, exactly. What are we doing but with we didn't play Brown? it today. 
We didn't. But he already pitched before he had an opportunity. Right. So, so I don't know. It's really up in the air. So next week we come back with it. No I think, music. I think we, no, I think we come back with it, or that stupid rejoin you just played. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I think we come back with it was and then Pharrell? see how it goes. Yes, it was Pharrell. And see how it goes. Pharrell's no Elvis Crespo. It's fact. He's no Elvis Crespo. Hunter Brown, we got, don't we, did we talk about getting rid of it? We, we did, and then he threw five no-hit innings. And he then did. we didn't talk about getting rid of it yesterday. Well, because why would you? But then he got shelled. Yeah, I don't know if I don't think you can lose it if you don't talk about it first. So I think he still keeps the song. Uh, Cam Akers got traded today to the Minnesota Vikings. It looks for like nothing. A 2026. Tr- He's been trying to get out of there. Swap of late round picks. A year and a half. And Minnesota should have never traded Dalvin Cook. Nope. Should've, never should have done that. They didn't trade him. They just cut him. That's, that's a good point. That's my bad. Uh, but they traded for Cam Akers today. So Cam Akers to Minnesota. Who gets the? Who gets the? The most touches there the rest of the year. I Is bet it, Cam Akers. He will by the end of the year. I don't think I don't think it's going to happen Not short early. term, but long term he will. I mean, he knows the offense. Would they give well, up? He doesn't for know him? it as good as Madison. Why he ran it in L.A. with Kevin O'Connell? Because Madison's been there. No, no, but it's the same offense they ran in L.A. There's isn't no it? way. But you, you're going to have different language and things like that. But but well, he don't think, O'Connell don't think, wasn't calling plays. Yeah, but you don't think he just brought over like all the same stuff? Look, Cam Akers might really know that offense, but there's no way he knows it more than the guy who's currently there well, the and has been there for two, for every single well, game that O'Connell was coached. Well, they have 69 rushing yards on the season, so maybe it should just be Cam Akers. He just from might the not. He just it, might he, be he, it's going to take him a couple weeks, but he'll eventually get a, a, the majority of the the. Kids. Carries, I think. Yeah, they they uh they said a late round draft swap, so they they gave him away. They just wanted, like well, they just wanted to seven. wash their hands of him because he was getting to be a bigger problem. Well, Remember, he it they, happened last year. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that's like, that's what I was going for. My they, group chat is putting some crazy rumors out there that I will not carry over to the air. Your group chat or Twitch? Uh, group chat. My oh, group chat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like my group chat more than Twitch most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, King of Twitch says to leave Joe alone. My bad. My bad. He's preparing. He's getting ready to go. He's got to do his thing. Got to produce. Someone uh, tweeted me. I lost it in the shuffle for all the people that were thanking me. But he said that he'd rather have the Texans wide receiver room than the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver room. I like that take. I think that's pretty solid. <sighs> Let's think about this. Tony has stone hands. He had a good week, too. He had a good week, too. Sky Moore's legit. Sky Moore's legit. Kadarius Tony's like one of my... He's going to be in every daily fantasy isn't, lineup isn't this weekend. Isn't Tank good idea? Isn't Tank? I would consider Tank and Rasheed Rice to be washes because they drafted them both in the second Rice or the third rather. Rice actually might have went before Tank. I think he did. Rice might have been a second. Yeah, I think that's I think right. Rasheed Rice was a second and Tank was a third. So like, okay, let's cross them off. Like, right. there you go. Kadarius Tony, like he's probably better than Mechie at this point, right? Sky Moore, Nico, maybe a wash. I, I think I'd rather have Kansas City's wide receiver room. I think it's pretty tight, though. It is closer than I thought. It's definitely it closer is very than tight. I would have said at the start of the year. Now, Nico gives, like, a, put Kansas City's wide receivers, the Houston Texans wide receivers in this giant player pool. Nico Collins is the most diverse between all of those in the sense that he's big and, and he physical. All and, the yep. other guys are small and fast, yep. right? Like, Tony, small and fast. Sky Moore, tall, uh, small and fast. Rasheed Rice, a little bit taller, but Robert small Woods, and fast. The way he's looked, you know, he's not washed. He's not, but he's not as But he's more polished than yeah, he's more some polished. of the guys that they're going to put out there. They might, eh, they might not. That might be true. That's tough. That's a good one. Yep. Now, you have Pat Mahomes, so that's a good one. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Uh, Mahomes? Yeah. I think Stroud might be making people better, too, I though. don't disagree with that from what we thought, but I, I, I know that Patrick Mahomes does. Uh, No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I rather I like what Kansas City's done. Like, spread it out. Wheat Straw, he says, would you rather spend money on another wide receiver or offensive lineman first? 
I think they spent enough uh, uh, enough money on the offensive line. I think if you're going to spend money, you would spend of those two choices. You spend money on a receiver. They already have one of the most expensive offensive yep. lines in the entire NFL. Laramie Tunsil at the time, top left tackle money. Titus Howard, top five right tackle money at right tackle. Uh, obviously, Mason. Shaq Mason got paid a healthy amount. Now, Kenyon Green is not making much money, but he's hurt, and you used a lot of draft capital on him. Uh, Juice Scruggs, same thing, a lot of draft capital on him. Like I don't, eh, the only spot you'd be spending money would be left, left guard, guard, and you're hoping that you don't have to quit Kenyon Green in a year. And I think the easy answer is wide receiver. Now, I don't want to spend money at wide receiver just for the sake of spending money at wide receiver. Like, don't go sign an Odell no. Beckham. Like, sign a guy who's a clear-cut dude, like a T. Know. Higgins, top of, top of the wide receiver class in free agency. See, I'm, that's why I'm a little bit hesitant on Mike Evans, because I don't know how much – that's a short-term deal. It has to be, and, and you're going to overpay. See, I'm actually okay with Evans, because I think you can get it on, like, parallel with Stroud's rookie deal. So you give him, you give him a two-year deal. I, I want to give him two, but I've heard most people say he's even to come here three or more. Uh, well, I'm out on that. So I would, yeah, I would totally be out on that. Sorry, like I rather T. draft a guy at that. Well, what if yeah. like I mean semantics here, right? But what if like year three and four are not guaranteed at all? Mm-hmm. So sure, it's, yeah, that's it's basically really, a two-year deal. It's really a two-year deal. Yeah, that's fine. Like, and I think that whoever signs Mike Evans, that's what his contract will look like. Probably, I'm good with that. That's a, that's a good uh, rebuttal there. He's be so good this week. I like that a lot, too, because, again, C.J. Stroud at the end of his rookie deal, like, I'm ready for C.J. Stroud. I'm not calling him Pat Mahomes, but I want C.J. Stroud to be the guy where you're paying Stroud, and then you're giving him a lot of really skillful receivers, but, he can but you're better. not paying them a lot of money. That way you can spend money elsewhere, like on the defensive side That's of the why ball. Kansas City should get all the, the credit that they get, because when they get a guy that wants too much money or wants a second contract, whether it's Juju now or, or Cheetah back then, they're not going to do that because they know they got a dude that can make anybody better. Uh, Will Bits. It's the Sneak it in here on the Killer Bees. We'll do the 2-0 and o stuff later. Sounds like a good Thursday segment. Well, let's find out. It's mostly. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. A happy birthday to general manager of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles. What it's been, a, it's been such a day Houston for him. Houston wants to hear that. Uh, really. So I just want to say happy birthday. Is it Bush League that Justin Fields directly said coaching was the problem? He said in that? His pref- in oh, his he press did. conference yes, today. Yeah, yeah, it's Bush League. Yeah, yeah it's Bush League. Back, you, you pull that back in the day, you're not the quarterback the next week. It was you're unbelievable. You're also pulling that in college where you can enter the portal and get out and do something about it. You ain't going anywhere. That's not a very sharp move on your part. He said QB coaching one. was the problem. Yeah, and he, he said they said what's the problem? He goes coaching, and then Man. he said, and then this dumb dumb said they're making me think too much. He said they're making me think too much. I'm so oh, sad. No. Look, Fields, I'm sorry, man, but that's a bad look. Even if it is the coaching, like you are you're ducking responsibility. Like they, that's not you can't do that as a quarterback. He had to call the media back into the locker room for to real? meet with them again to clarify. Oh, that no. was the PR department at work. That's I didn't realize that happened. What a day they had! Yeah, look at Joe sneaking in a little Chicago Bear football. I talk just figured in the city you guys would enjoy the calling him Bush. I, I I did enjoy that. It was but Justin I, Fields I also city enjoy taking my shots today. at you. They got some stuff going on. They got some stuff Indeed going on. They do. All right, it's going to do it for us. Thanks to Joe George for all of the hard work that he does. He's blank on Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Joe George in the bullpen next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.